Game begin. What is up, Dadgum Nerd fans? It's Trip coming at you again with another one-man show. Unfortunately, Kevin and Zach had to pivot tonight. They've got some family issues back at home that they're trying to take care of. That actually makes it sound like like something bad is going on. They've just got baseball and uh, a kid with a broken collarbone, respectively. Uh, apparently, Rowan took a tumble the other day at Zach's house, and the poor kid fractured his collarbone. So Zach is currently faced with the arduous task, the completely unenviable responsibility of trying to keep an active two-year-old in a sling at the moment. Every time the kid watches Encanto, he wants to dance, and now he can't, and he's not quite understanding why. He doesn't really know why this extra piece of fabric around his arm is supposed to stop him from having fun. So it's just me tonight with another one-man show, and I know everybody's excited to hear what I'm going to talk about. Uh, so tonight we're diving deep into My Little Pony. Um, so I've been what's known as a brony for uh, a long time, ever since I went to one of the conventions back in 2019, and a lot of people don't give it the due that it's deserved. Now, it started off as a kid's show. It was meant for little girls, but it very quickly caught fire with a lot of other demographics, including me. So I'm diving deep into what I think makes it so great and why it doesn't get the attention it deserves, and hopefully once I've made my case here, you'll understand why it needs to be in the pantheon of great fantasy and sci-fi, right up there with Lord of the Rings and, and Star Wars. But before I get into all that, though, we've got to jump into some lore. So um, for simplicity's sake, I'm not referring to the popular show back, that was back in the 1980s. Um, I'm talking about the, the the most recent run, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. That started in 2010 and I think ended around 2019. So uh, first off, you've got to understand the history of everything. So they live in a world that's called Equestria. So in the early history of what eventually became Equestria, the land was plagued by the rule of a magically powerful ram named Grogar. Now, Grogar created a lot of monsters that wound up haunting Equestria that became the villains of uh, a lot of these episodes. Uh, and once he's banished, this is so we're, we're like, we're, we're talking, we're talking like Lord of the Rings back in the day of Sauron type stuff. He's, he's effectively, he's effectively that kind of overarching villain uh, that all this takes place before you get into the meat of the episodes of the, the, the nine season run. So after he's eventually banished, Equestria is founded. And then there are quarreling factions. So there's three different kinds of, of uh, ponies in this show. There's Earth Ponies, there's Unicorn, and Pegasi, which, if you know your Greek history, you know that that is uh, a horse with wings. Now, they wind up overcoming their differences and end up banding together against um, these monsters called Wendigos. Now, Wendigos feed off strife, so anytime that there's a negative emotion, they get stronger and they get bigger and they become a greater threat. Now, there's this powerful unicorn named Star Swirl the Bearden. Now, he is awesome. He is, he's alluded to in a bunch of different episodes and other media, but, but he makes his first physical appearance in the season seven finale shadow play, which bar none is my favorite episode of all time. So if you want to know more about him, he also appears in like the IDW comics and the Budge Studios mobile game, Harmony Quest. So he's got this rich backstory in and of himself, but I don't have time to get into all of that right now. And his internal conflict, the thing that people have to get used to when they first introduce the character is that he doesn't understand friendship like Twilight Spark 
Sparkle does. And as a result, his secret last spell is completely unfinished because he can't do anything uh, until he understands the, the nature of what friendship actually is and is able to add that element into his magic. Now, he's got a similar personality as Pinkie Pie. So he's, he's a little eccentric. He's very carefree. Um, but he has a deep passion for magic and learning and a thirst for all knowledge. Anyway, I'm, I'm, getting, off, I'm getting off track here. So back to the main lore. So Star Swirl leads a group of friends called the Pillars against threats like um, there's the, the monstrous Lord T-Rex. And uh, there are these sirens named Dazzlings. He even has a friend who turns into a creature called the Pony of Shadows. And that, that's, a whole, that's a whole thing uh, where he basically winds up having to, to fight his best friend. And it's, it's absolutely gut-wrenching. So he takes on these powerful young Alicorn sisters named Celestia and Luna as his students. And he and the Pillars mysteriously disappear one day. Right? Nobody has any clue what happens to them. And that's all, that's all resolved later on. Uh, but you have to get like you have to get deep into season eight before it actually before it actually starts to make sense. So Celestia and Luna step into leading Equestria in Star Swirl's absence, and Celestia has this ability to raise and lower the sun, and Luna has the ability to do the same with the moon, uh, but that only scratches the surface of their power. They are clearly dealing with like God tier potential. Uh, they just haven't been able to develop their, their abilities just yet. Unfortunately, they come into contact with this, this, uh, chaos Lord discord, and he's got reality warping magic. It's, it's beyond their ability to challenge. So they wind up, they, they fail in their, their first, uh, encounter with him, and th- they wind up um, uh, dealing with this this tremendous sense of failure, like they aren't enough. Because early on in uh, coming up, they 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 get they just get creamed, and they can't quite get over the trauma of that incident. But they discover these magical items called the Elements of Harmony, and uh, these were originally created by Star Swirl, and he uses them to put an end to Discord's bizarre reign of terror by turning him into stone. Now, Luna grows jealous of her sister's popularity. She was always the more, mm, uh, what's the word? Uh, She was always the the more soft-spoken of the two. And because she gets jealous, she becomes corrupted by an evil force and becomes Nightmare Moon. So Celestia, unfortunately, has to banish her to the moon, ushering in a very long period of peace. But it's bittersweet. It's always marked by the fact that she had to do this to her sister. Now, Celestia makes Twilight Sparkle her own personal student. Now, Celestia is cagey, and she kind of manipulates events and um, is pushing Twilight to a, a town called Ponyville. Now we're starting to get like into the, the actual episodes of the, of the show. Um, so she pushes her into Ponyville in advance of a celebration and is urging, she's urging Celestia, excuse me, she's, ur- <laughs> Celestia, she's urging Twilight Sparkle to make some friends. And other than this baby dragon named Spike that hatches, Twilight doesn't really have time for any of the, uh, in, in any friends. So she's really more concerned um, about a prophecy that foretells the return of Nightmare Moon. All right, so this is this is Celestia's sister that may come back one day, and uh, mysterious objects called the Element of Harmony. Now Twilight is annoyed by the various ponies who keep trying to be her friend. Uh, there's this other character called Applejack that talks her into eating a family meal at the farm, and uh, this other one called Fluttershy that can't get enough of Spike, despite Spike's kind of initial shyness. Now there's this other character named Rainbow Dash who's goaded into clearing out the skies by Twilight, who isn't prepared for the Pegasus's speed. 
and another one named Rarity that wants to give Twilight a makeover seconds after meeting her. So, so everybody's really just like jumping on, uh, jumping on uh, Twilight Sparkle like pretty pretty hardcore. And you know, as it, I could really relate to that because I'm such a natural introvert. I can't really I can't really stand it when everybody is all up in my face. I almost didn't ask my wife out because of that. So I I found I found a very much a, a connection between me and this character, and I really think this is what wound up. Uh, endearing me to the show overall because while I just thought it was for little kids, like, I, I, I watched it one time with my niece and um, there was just, all it took was for me to get interested in one character before the rest of the show kind of ga- gained speed with me. It started to, it started to, um, uh, it really started to, what's the word? I mean, it, it grew on me, um, but it started to gain momentum. The more invested I was in this one character, the more invested I got in the rest of the show. So um, so it turns out Twilight is right about the prophecy, and Nightmare Moon shows back up and kidnaps Celestia. So Twilight's friends confront her about what she knows, and they set off to find these mysterious elements that they've heard about. Well, as they work together, here's the kicker. They overcome these obstacles, and they find the artifacts, and they discover that each one of them represents a different aspect of the magic of friendship. So now all of a sudden we have this metaphor in a kid's show. Sorry, I got so excited I hit my microphone. We've got all of these elements... All of these um, metaphors in a kid's show about friendship and social interaction. So as it turns out, Pinky is laughter, Rarity is generosity, Applejack is honesty, Fluttershy is kindness, Rainbow Dash is loyalty, and Twilight is magic, and so on and so forth. So they they end up defeating the Nightmare Moon. They go full Care Bears on them by the power of love and friendship. Uh, they, They defeat Nightmare Moon, and they return her to her original form, reuniting her with her sister. Now a new team is born. The show's insistence on a happy ending is really refreshing this day and age where so many things like Rick and Morty and and, and whatnot are are nihilistic and just insist that nothing matters anymore. They they really do uh, push the fact that things can turn out well, that nothing has to be bittersweet or even tragic. All right, so that was season one. So in season two, Discord breaks out. There's a huge rain of chocolate milk. All right, and I know that sounds silly, but if you just you got to get into the show, and you got to understand why things uh, do what they do over there. But there's the the the, the Ponyville is a little like um, what's the t- the town chew and swallow uh, in the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movies. Uh, there's a lot of whimsical type stuff that happens over there. So anyway, chocolate milk rains down. And it has acidic properties, so uh, the Discord breaks out of his stone prison in order to wreak havoc. So this new team all of a sudden is faced with a brand new threat. So this guy is like super cagey, and he winds up hiding the elements of harmony and then forces the main six to play with them. So he, he changes their personalities. Applejack becomes a liar. Rarity becomes a hoarder. Fluttershy is a bully. Rainbow Dash is a traitor. Pinkie Pie is a grouch. And so the, now this metaphor that they worked so hard to establish in uh, season one has now turned into the exact opposite. So these kids, if they're old enough to under, kind of understand what they're looking at, they're, they're able to see what happens in this dystopian world when all of a sudden people don't work to try and maintain their friendships with one another in a, in a, in a sociological sense. But all this winds up being a huge distraction because Discord's really trying to break up their friendships so that he can render the elements useless. Because if they don't have those powers, then he's free to roam without any threat of being over, over, overthrown. Um, so Twilight ends up kind of through the magic of friendship once again remembers how important her friends are and uses a memory spell to restore them and they turn him back into stone 
Now, months later, Celestia has to tell the main six that she's freeing Discord from his prison in an effort to reform him. So once again, there's this there's this idealism, this um, uh, I, I, ideology in the show that I just I absolutely love. She tells Fluttershy in particular to make an effort to befriend him, knowing that the elements can be used against him at any time. He stays on his best behavior but is taking advantage of Fluttershy's kindness. So she genuinely likes and even defends him at times, uh, which really surprises her friends and sort of you know, draws this draws this, um, this wedge between them. Um, but when he floods Applejack's farms, he tells Fluttershy that he'll only fix it if she promises never to use the elements again. So this guy is just intent on trying to, you know, be the worst version of himself. And you have this... This irresistible force meets this immovable object uh, situation at hand. So uh, she agrees, and Discord actually ends up freezing Ponyville. So when she renounces his friendship, he realizes that he actually treasures it. It's only when he loses what he thought he didn't want that he realizes what he was missing, so he winds up returning everything to normal. But he's a loose cannon and becomes a force for mostly good. All right. So that's that's season that's season two, and if you're still here, bravo, Daniel. Don't ever make fun of me on Discord again. If you think I won't double down and do an hour of this junk, you're sorely mistaken. That's all for this episode. I have a couple of screaming kids and a very lonely wife that would like my attention, so I'm gonna go ahead and cut it a little short this evening. If you want to get in on the inside jokes, you're more than welcome to join us on Discord. It's just at Dadgum Nerds, you can find our server there. You can also join our Patreon if you want to have influence on what we talk about on any given week. You can ride along with us during our live recordings, or you can be part of our after show. If you like what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the podcast. We put episodes out twice a week, and we will see you in the next episode, Dadgum Nerds. Game over.